0: One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go go to court. court. On this episode, I'll talk about the dark web. And I'll
1: be talking about a horrible accident? An honest mistake? Or was it something more sinister? Ooh.
0: I am very interested in your case this mm. week
1: okay so last week i played the prank of all pranks on you
0: yeah you sure did
1: <laughs> that was so good but i had a real case planned to do before i formulated that prank and when you did the thing where you text me to make sure we're not doing the same case right i had already planned to do the prank but i text you that i was doing this case It would have been crazy if I would have done this case last week because when you text me, you said, yeah, I said something like, does your case involve a daycare? Yeah. And I said, yes, it kind of does. And then I said, it took place in Georgia. And you said, oh, shit.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I got this panicky feeling because like. Yeah, mine sort of involved a daycare. Yeah. It was a shooting outside of a daycare, yep. and mm-hmm. it was in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. Yep,
1: so mine sort of involves a daycare, and it takes place in the suburbs of Atlanta, Georgia. Oh
0: my god, that's so weird! Yes,
1: Okay. it's not the same case. However! Well, I would hope it's not the same case. <laughs> Randy Snyderman. <laughs> Well, well I told your case word for word exactly like you did last
0: week. You're like, well, I put a lot of time into this, and I'm not just going to let that go to
1: waste. <laughs> um, however, a bunch of the information from this comes from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Uh-huh. Christian Boone. Wow Yes!
0: Well, that makes sense. If he's, like, their crime yep. reporter, yeah, oh, my gosh. The same guy that covered the case man, you did. So, Christian Boone. Christian Boone, We man. love you, buddy. Um,
1: so... Comes from that source and it also comes from an episode of twenty twenty.
0: That is exactly mm-hmm. I know. <laughs> Mine was an episode of twenty twenty and Christian Boone articles. Yeah. That is this is so weird. Yes. It
1: was just after four PM on June eighteenth, twenty fourteen, in Vinings, Georgia, which is, as I mentioned, a suburb of Atlanta, when Leanna Taylor walked into her son Cooper's. She now goes by Leanna Taylor at the time she went by Leanna Harris. So who cares? Sorry. It doesn't really matter. But yeah. So Leanna Harris, Leanna Taylor, whatever. She walks into her son Cooper's daycare. Okay. She goes back to the area where she usually picks him up every day. And the woman at the desk looks at her and says, what are you doing here? She said, Leanna kind of gave a laugh and said, Mm -hmm. I'm here to pick up Cooper. And the woman said, Cooper's not here. Oh, no. And Leanna said, what do you mean Cooper's not here? She started to panic. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: She's like, "Uh, Cooper's not here. Cooper wasn't dropped off today. And so Leanna immediately pulls out her cell phone and tries to reach her husband Ross, mm-hmm. um, but he's not answering. And so she is in a full-on panic right now. And, uh, immediately, the thought runs through her head that someone has abducted her child from daycare. Oh my! And they're like, "No, he was he, he was, was, was never never dropped off. dropped off today." Okay. And then the next thought that popped into her head, she actually said out loud, "Oh my God! I wonder if Ross left him in the car." <gasps> Oh, no. So one of the attendants from the daycare runs out of the daycare with Leanna. They get in her car, his car, I'm not really sure, and they drive to, like, the Home Depot corporate headquarters in Atlanta, which is where her husband, Ross Harris, is. That, his name's actually Justin Ross Harris, but he goes by his middle name, Ross, Okay, um, where he works. So they go to his work because he's not answering his phone. They can't get a hold of him. They pull into the parking lot. Oh my God. His car is not in the parking lot. Oh. They go into the building. They ask for him to be paged. They're sitting in the waiting room. She's continually calling Ross. No answer, no answer. At some point, Leanna is sitting, trying to figure out what the hell is going on.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: When the attendant from the daycare that accompanied her to Ross's office, gets up as well as like a lobby attendant from the Home Depot corporate building also gets up and they go and they stand in front of a TV that has the evening news on. And she notices that they are very into whatever is on the TV and that they seem to be kind of blocking it from her. Mm -hmm. But she's distracted because all of a sudden her phone rings, but it's not, it's still not Ross. It's a number she doesn't recognize but she answers it. And it's a detective. He asked her where she was, and she told them that she was at her husband's office trying to figure out where he was, where her son was. And they said, stay there. We'll come to you.
0: Mm-hmm. And oh, my God. Said, this is terrible.
1: She said, that means this is bad, right? And the detective said, Yes. So in the meantime, while she's waiting for the detective to come to the office, she she talks to the two men that are in the lobby with her, the man from the daycare and the man from the office building. And she's like, what's going on? Tell me. Tell me what's on the TV. Tell me what's going on. And they tell her that there's a news story about a 22 month old child who died in the back of his father's SUV and the car on the TV Looks an awful lot like Ross's. So the detective gets there and they take Leanna um, to the police station because they have Ross in custody. And they let her go in and talk to him. And she's like, what is going on? What has happened? And she's consoling her husband and... They are having, you know, a moment while they're trying to just kind of figure out what's going on. And then they separate them. They pull him, Mm -hmm. her away from him, and they leave him in the interrogation room. And they take her into another room, and they tell her that Cooper has died. And immediately they're struck because she asks about her husband and her response seems very unemotional. And so they're like, mm, that's putting off some red flags. Really? Yeah. Because her they just told her that her baby died. Yeah. And they felt that her response was very unemotional. Okay. But, I mean, I feel like we talk about this all the time yeah. in these cases and I don't have a fucking clue how I would react.
0: No. Yeah. Well, and by that point, you've figured out that the shock of it I mean I don't know you can't say the shock of it is over but you know yeah okay so what the fuck happened
1: and why if her husband accidentally what I've got a theory okay well if her husband accidentally left their child in the back of their car why is he in police custody
0: My theory, when I, okay, this just popped into my Uh head, was he goes to work, he realizes what he's done, Mm -hmm. it's too late, and he's planning to go kill himself.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. (laughs) That is an interesting theory, and not at all correct. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So let's back up in time. All right. It's 8.30 in the morning on June 18th. 2014, Liana has left for work. She works as I think as a dietitian or some kind of nurse's aide. Um, I know at one point she was working as a dietitian. On this particular day, she had scrubs on, so I don't know if dietitians wear scrubs. But.
0: I think they do sometimes. Okay. Yeah.
1: So maybe she was working as a dietitian at the same at this time. So she's left for work. Ross works as a website developer mm-hmm. um, or a web developer for Home Depot corporate offices. That was lovely.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to slurp my coffee. (laughs) So
1: it's his job every morning to take Cooper, their almost two-year-old son, to daycare. Right. So at 830, they go to Chick-fil-A to get breakfast. Mm -hmm. And then from there, they would, there's like, leaving Chick-fil-A, it's like a half a mile drive to Ross's office or you turn the opposite direction and it's like a one mile drive to the daycare and then back to the office. Okay. So on this particular day, somehow once they left Chick-fil-A, Ross drove directly to work, never stopped at the daycare, got out of his car, went into work worked until 4.15 before coming out to his car. He told investigators that he left work, got in his car, drove two miles down the road, and then realized that Cooper was still in his car seat. He pulled over, and he got out of his car and immediately started yelling for someone to help him. Yeah, um, Passerbys. Passerbys? I hate passersby.
0: Passersby. I, I don't know what's right, but I think yeah. it's passersby. Okay,
1: okay. Passersby stopped. Somebody called nine one one. Somebody grabbed Cooper out of his car seat and attempted to perform CPR, but yeah, it was way too late. It was a very hot day. It was Aww. June in Atlanta, and Cooper was already gone.
0: I hate these cases. I
1: know it's terrible. The police arrive on the scene, emergency crews arrive on the scene, and it's very clear that there's no hope for Cooper. But police are immediately struck by Ross Harris's behavior. He is yelling at the top of his lungs, my son, my son. He's... Pounding on the car, he's covering his face, yet it just seemed his reaction was extremely theatrical, is how it was described by the responding officers.
0: So they don't like his reaction for mm-hmm. one reason, they don't like her reaction for, the, for opposite. the opposite reason. Okay.
1: So because he is inconsolable and causing a scene, they actually handcuff him and put him what? in the back of a police cruiser. Yeah.
0: Okay, that seems like an odd move. I
1: agree that it's an odd move. And so he's in the back of this police cruiser, and he's in there for five minutes, Mm -hmm. and he complains that the handcuffs are uncomfortable. And then he complains that he's not getting enough air. It's very hot in the back of the cruiser. Could they cool it down a little bit for him? Pretty bad. Yeah. When your son has just died in the hot car that you
0: left him in. On accident, though, right? Was it an accident, Kristen? I mean, what... Why would you want to kill a child?
1: Why would you want to kill a child?
0: I I cannot imagine why. I can't either. So,
1: they take him in for questioning, and the... Theatrical behavior does not stop. They put him in an interrogation room. They let him sit there for a while. And he's like, <laughs> like forcing himself to go into like hyperventilation at one point. Another point, he's got his head on the desk and he's
0: sobbing like into his arms. What's wrong? You're making, I do not like your tone, Missy. What's wrong with that? He's responsible it's so, for his child's The video death. of it
1: is so over the top.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: It's very over the top. I saw a video of, of him in the squad car. I saw a video of him in the interrogation room. It is so blatantly over the top. Okay. You think if I saw this video, I would You not would not, be not believe so, okay. for a second that this was an authentic reaction. Okay. So they ask him what happened. He walks them through the events of that day and he says... I don't know how, I, I even just watched a video about this, this man that did this. How could I have done this? This man that accidentally did this same thing to his son and he's become an advocate for checking the back seat before you get out of your car. And, and I don't know how I could have done this. How could I do this to him? Mm-hmm. And the police just like, the, they all just have this gut feeling That something about this is not right. Mm -hmm. And so that night, that very same night, they place him under arrest for the murder of Cooper Harris. Yeah. Fifteen days would go by before anybody would really know what led them to making that distinguishment. Distinguishment? No.
0: That's for not sure. a word. <laughs> for,
1: Definitely not a word.
0: <laughs> for distinguishing For between, distinguishing
1: okay. the difference between how did they think that this was not a horrible accident and actual murder. Right. So no information was released about it for fifteen days.
0: Oh my gosh. And then
1: they had the probable cause hearing to move forward with being able to charge him with murder. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And at that probable cause hearing, the detectives in charge took the stand, and they pointed out the things that made them believe that this was not an accident. Are you ready to hear them?
0: Yes, because right now, I know you say it was over-the-top theatrical, but I'm still kind of like, I don't know. I want you to think about car seat placement. We don't have kids, you and
1: I. No. (laughs) But... Um, your sister does. My mm-hmm. sisters do. Cooper was in a a back facing mm-hmm. car seat still, right? That was placed in the middle seat of the SUV.
0: That's not where you're supposed to put it. Not right? where you're supposed to put it.
1: Okay. Which would also mean that the placement of Cooper's head would be six inches from the driver's head. Hmm. Hard to not. Hard to not yeah. notice.
0: Yeah something that at what age do you turn them facing I think forward? it's like
1: after 2. Oh okay. I think it's okay. more of a weight thing than a than an age thing. Okay, but yeah, gotcha. I think it's somewhere I don't know why would you ask me that? I just told you I don't have kids, Kristen.
0: <laughs> well, I'm learning Is that, that fast for the first time.
1: <laughs> so that was the that was their biggest thing. Was that how could his head would have literally been six inches from Ross's head? How could he not have noticed that he left him in the car?
0: See, I don't think that's that, that great of evidence because you can forget about stuff that's mm-hmm. in your peripheral vision. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I guess it's possible and if, it's, if it's there the whole time, if mm-hmm. it's not moving, if the child is asleep, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm, you're going to have to throw something better at me. <laughs> um, Next was
1: something that he left out in his initial statement to police. Was that about 12.30, he went to lunch. He actually walked to lunch. He did not get in his car. Mm-hmm. But after meeting friends at for lunch, he drew, he walked to the Home Depot store that was right by their corporate headquarters, bought light bulbs, and went and put those light bulbs in his car. What? Yes. There's... Video surveillance of him walking across the parking lot. He opened the driver's side door of the car, put the light bulbs in, closed the door, went back to work. Man. At that point, Cooper had been in the car for four hours.
0: Would he have been... Dead by then, most likely,
1: yeah. yes.
0: Yeah. Huh.
1: Still don't don't think that that. I mean, is suspect enough?
0: I guess it all depends on what you can see when you go through the driver's side. But I. I don't know. I don't know. Still not. It's more compelling than the other stuff, but it's it still might not be enough for. If you said that he put the light bulbs in the back seat of the car, yeah, then for sure he would have seen. Yeah, but he didn't. He put them in the front seat.
1: Lastly, the biggest part of this, okay, would be Ross Harris's cell phone activity that day. He During the time that his son was dying in his car, he was sexting underage girls, escorts, messaging on messaging apps, multiple women and men. Uh And there was a history of it that had gone on for a very long time. And among those messages were messages about how much he needed a break from being a dad and how his life would be much easier if Cooper was out of the picture.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. What
0: do you think about that, Kristen? Okay, I've got thoughts. First of all, I was like, well, sexting, you know, that's not enough. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But then I think, are you the world's dumbest criminal? You're Assuming he meant to kill his child, mm-hmm. in in that time he sent texts mm-hmm. to people talking about how he didn't so, want to be a dad. No, that he sent t- he sent texts
1: and suggestive messages, and he messaged on an anonymous app oh. about how his life would be much easier, okay, if he didn't have a son, okay, if he was childless.
0: All right, so he thought he was smart. He thought well, he's a web developer, Kristen. <laughs> well, <laughs> good for him. Yeah. He thought that he was
1: sending the incriminating messages through a way that would be untraceable to
0: him. Uh-huh. Mhm. Yeah, that makes it even sketchier for me. Okay, I'm I'm yeah. I'm, I'm with you now. I'm okay. with you now. I thought you might be. <laughs> <laughs> um so
1: on, on the day of Cooper's death, he exchanged messages with at least six women, um, some of whom were under the age of consent.
0: Good grief. What are people doing at work? Right? Are other people
1: not busy? Yeah. It's nuts to me. So they had this probable cause hearing, and they were, it was ruled that they could move forward with charging him with murder. And boy, did they. They charged him with malice murder. Oh, Yeah. And, like, I think seven additional counts. So all of this stuff came out at that probable cause hearing that his wife did not know about.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Yeah. you imagine? No. Yeah. No. Yes. So she filed for divorce. She actually, to this day... Mm-hmm. believes that Cooper's death was an accident mm-hmm. um, and says that she, there were no signs ever in their relationship that he could have ever done anything to harm their son. There were signs that he could be unfaithful. And oh, so okay. she was not. Okay. That's, that was my yes, next question. Yes, She said there were always signs that he could be unfaithful mm-hmm. um, to her, but no signs that he could ever harm their son. And she said that she had known there they had had some issues in the past She had caught him messaging women online Mm -hmm. and he had a porn addiction, Mm -hmm. but he was going to therapy for it. Mm -hmm. And so she was shocked by it, but it wasn't like it wasn't something so out of the realm that she could have never believed it. But she completely believes that his, that Cooper's death was an accident. Okay. The trial would last three weeks, like 21 days of actual trial. Pretty so this long. is long. It yeah. is pretty long. And this is actually interesting. So it's spread out over a little bit longer period. Cause the court had to be in recess for a week because of a hurricane. Oh God. <laughs> yes. Um, so trial began October 3rd of 2016. Um, and during the state's opening arguments, they painted Ross Harris as a man who was living a double life. They said, you will see the deception and the double life, how he behaved And how he lied in this case. The defendant intended to kill Cooper. And he intended to do all of the things that killed Cooper. In their opening statement, the defense tried to rebut that and say that Cooper's death was not premeditated, but a terrible accident. Mm -hmm. What you're going to see here in this trial is that the responsible... Mm-mm. is that responsible is not the same thing as criminal.
0: Okay. Which I feel like yeah. it's a
1: fair point. The evidence will show that Ross loved that little boy more than anything. Cooper's death was an accident. It was always an accident. And that is what he told the police over and over again. This was an accident, not intentional. And the defense even claimed in their opening statements that the uh, Police Department made up evidence to make this look worse than it was. Wow, yeah, that's a pretty bold accusation it's happened no though. absolutely so, I mean, it's happened yeah. so in kind of the the one of the first witnesses to come to the stand was um, James Hawkins, who was the guy who attempted to perform CPR on Cooper when so when Ross, if you believe his story, looked back and saw that Cooper was in his car seat and that he'd forgot him there and that he was not breathing. He immediately pulled into a shopping center. He got out of his car. He yelled for help. This is the first man that came over. Okay. And he said he tried to perform CPR on him and he cried on the stand. Yeah. And said that it was like blowing through a busted bag. Oh. He was gone. There was no hope several first responders also took the stand and the jurors were shown lots of pictures of Cooper's body and when those pictures were brought up Ross kind of put his head in his hands and appeared to cry several jurors cried well yeah yeah one of the like one of the crime scene investigators testified that there were scratches on his face um Uh, But that, like, his clothes were all intact, and he still had his tennis shoes on and everything, which would have trapped in his body heat more. Yeah. It's really just a devastating...
0: This is terrible. It's terrible.
1: It's really terrible. So then the court goes into recess for a week because Hurricane Matthew Uh comes, and so you have to halt everything, and then they reconvene, and this is when um, the... Prosecute. this is the first time the jury got to see cooper alive prosecutors showed the jury surveillance video from chick-fil-a that morning and they showed that ross holding cooper them standing at the register them ordering breakfast and the manager of the chick-fil-a came and testified and he said that he thought everything seemed fine he thought that Ross seemed like a very attentive father. He seemed to really
0: love his kid. This really shocks me. What shocks you? When you said they went to Chick-fil-A, mm-hmm. I was picturing it drive through No. So the child is asleep the whole time, and that's how he forgets that the child is no. in the car. They went inside. Wow.
1: Yes. That really does... Yes. I... I find it. Does that so change mu- it? Yes, yes. Yes. How did you, one second ago, put your kid back in the car and then you drive directly to work? You don't drive to the daycare. You just put him back in his seat.
0: And I'm not saying it's impossible. Yeah, but way less likely than if he had been in there since he absolutely. left the house. He went to the drive-through. You. Yeah. He was asleep the whole time. Right. You didn't hear anything. You kind of get caught up in your own mm-hmm. head. Yeah. Okay.
1: Much less likely, yeah, yeah,
0: next to testify were some of the workers
1: from um, the daycare that Cooper attended, and they testified that Harris seemed like a loving picture, a uh, loving picture, <coughs> a loving parent. They said he took pictures of Cooper like every day when he dropped him off at daycare. yeah, but one of the workers, um, Kiata Kiata. K-E-Y-A-T-T-A, Kiata. Patrick testified that about two weeks before Cooper's death, she noticed that Ross had stopped taking pictures of Cooper. Hmm. And she asked about it. She said, you haven't been taking pictures of him anymore. And she testified that Ross said, no, I stopped because he's getting older.
0: That's weird.
1: Weird answer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the next witness was kind of like the one everybody was waiting for, or one of the ones everybody mm-hmm. was waiting for. It was one of the women that he had been sexting oh. that day. And she wasn't just any woman. She was an escort. Mm-hmm. She told jurors that um, <laughs> Ross had paid her 125 $125. For what she described as thirty minutes of vanilla sex, is that all she got on May thirty first? So two weeks before uh-huh. Cooper's death, um, she said she remembered him. Um, they had stayed in contact a little bit afterwards. She described him as dumpy, oh, um, short, mm-hmm. and he had no no presence about himself. Well, ouch. Yeah. And she said that they had had three sexual encounters that month. Mm-hmm. That she that he had paid her for all of them. You know, one hundred and twenty five dollars for thirty minutes, Kristen. You don't think that's a? I think that's too low.
0: Yeah, it's sex. It's not you know crocheting. It's not yeah. crocheting. You don't think they got together and just crocheted? I'm just saying, like that's a that's a high risk activity with some some rando. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's
1: true. <laughs> <laughs> So that was kind of a bombshell one that he had not only been sexting with women that he'd met online, he was actually paying for sex as well.
0: See, I I don't think that's that big. You don't? I mean.
1: (sighs) I think it's clear. um, I think it makes it very clear that this was not just like an unsatisfied guy. This is somebody who's definitely battling a sex addiction. Sure.
0: Sure. It shows that there is another side to him that he's hiding. But it, it, to me, it's not. Yeah. It's not a smoking gun.
1: It's not. You don't think it's like damning.
0: It's not good. Yeah.
1: It's bad. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But it doesn't say, oh, he for sure wanted to murder his son. No. Yeah. No, I would agree with that. He for sure wanted to cheat on his wife. He for sure 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 was a shitty husband. He for sure was a shitty husband. So the next to testify was a forensic computer analyst who had examined Ross's computer. And he found five links to Reddit Mm -hmm. that contained the word child free.
0: Hmm.
1: So, he said that these were, in his forensic analysis, that these were things that were flagged for, that um, came up as, you know, alarming. Okay. you've been searching something that says child-free and then your child dies. Yeah, okay. It's not great. No. However... The defense actually was kind of able to swing this around. Mm -hmm. They were, during cross-examination, they actually produced a chat log involving this between Ross and his friend Alex, who he used to work with at Home Depot. Um, And the chat log showed that it was Hall, this guy Alex, um, Alex Hall, who had sent these links to Ross, not Ross searching them himself. Mm -hmm. And... That the links had actually been to a page advocating for not having children in the first place.
0: Yeah, child-free doesn't mean killing your children.
1: And the chat log showed that Harris had responded um, unfavorably to him sharing these links. He'd said it was gross and whatever. And so it wasn't like he was like, yeah, man, that's the life. Yeah. He had... Like, it was like the prosecution didn't look deep enough into that.
0: Or hoped that the defense wouldn't. Or hoped that the defense
1: wouldn't. You're right. That. Yeah. Yeah. Why would you even bring that up if you... Yeah, I think it's totally if they hoped that the defense would not look deep enough to find that...
0: That's awful. I think it's awful, too. Because when you said child-free on Reddit, I'm... Yeah, I didn't think that sounded that damning to yeah. begin with. it's not that damning to begin with, and it's and even then, less damning yeah. when
1: you hear yeah. the rest of it. Yeah. 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 Um, so the medical examiner, of course, testified and talked about like hour by hour, what would have happened to Cooper as he died and the jurors, obviously all were crying during that time. It was just, just horrible to think about what a two year old little boy went through. Yeah. And it was cause it was 80 degrees outside that day and this sat in a. Unshaded parking lot, so temperatures inside the car,
0: and no one saw him, no one heard him. Mm-mm. No, that is so
1: sad. Yeah, experts testified that they believed that the peak temperature inside the car Don't even tell would me. have reached 125 degrees.
0: Oh my god, this is the worst case, it's terrible.
1: The defense tried to discredit the expert and say, how could you know exactly what temperature it would have reached in there? It doesn't fucking matter. The kid is dead. Yeah, I agree. That's it. What point are you trying to make? Yeah. They said, the defense said that there, um, the, the heat tests that the expert had conducted require a lot of controls and there were too many variable variables and that they couldn't. Duplicate the circumstance exactly. So how could they know exactly? Who cares? It doesn't matter. Yeah. We already know the outcome. Yeah. Five more women testified about vulgar text messages and exchanges from Ross that were sent on the day, including dick pics. Ew. Dude sent dick pics that day. To multiple women.
0: Yeah.
1: One woman testified that she started a one-year relationship with Ross when she was 18 years old.
0: Oh, she no. said
1: that they met... How old was he?
0: Uh, 30-something. Ew. Yeah. Oh, my God. I thought he was, like... Oh, I thought he was I much think, younger. I think he's in his 30s. He looks like
1: he's in his 30s.
0: Yikes.
1: Uh, oh, Yeah born in 1980 oh come on 34 at that time yeah yeah so she testified that they had been in a one-year relationship they'd only met in person one time but she said that they were in love Mm. and that they told each other every day that they loved each other and that ross on multiple occasions had said if it wasn't for cooper he (gasps) would leave his wife Oh that is seen as maybe the most damning see that testimony big. that was revealed at trial yeah yeah the defense tried to on cross examination tried to kind of soften the blow of that a little bit mm-hmm. and they made um, they made this woman read a letter that she had written to Ross shortly after he was arrested that said that she wrote in it that she knew how much he loved Cooper and how she knew he was innocent because he would never do anything to hurt him but yeah that blow from saying if it wasn't for Cooper I would leave my yeah. wife was that's uh, a big blow
0: yeah well and she was a victim yeah. So her analysis of it, you know, she thinks she's in love she with him. She thinks this she's in love with him. Yeah. Guy. No, you just have to listen to the words he told yeah. her. Yeah. I hate this case. It's, I hate this more than the Taco Bell case. It's bad. So um
1: Ross did not take the stand on his own, but The jurors got to hear him talk several times because his interrogation videos were played and all of that. And they got to see the weird interaction between him and his wife in the interrogation room. And she asked him a really weird question. What'd she ask? She asked him, what have you said? Have you said too much? What? Yes. That was one of the first questions she asked him when she was able to see him in the interrogation room. So she... Has never been charged what? with anything. Police believe that she had no no part in this whatsoever. Uh-huh. And in an interview with 2020, she clarified that statement as saying that she knew her husband very well. She knew his personality. And what she meant by that was it was shocking to her that he was in custody after a tragic accident. So she figured he must have said something not realizing how it sounded to make them believe that this was not an accident. That's her clarification of that statement. What do you think about that? I don't know. It's I It's mean, really weird.
0: I'm trying to put myself in that position.
1: Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of things that she did. During this whole thing that really cast a shadow on her. Okay, Um, One of them is a statement that she made at Cooper's funeral. She said that she knew he was in a better place and if she could bring him back, she wouldn't bring him back into a broken world. Mm. And she said that. That was unfair that that was brought to the media because she should have been able to say anything she wanted to at her baby's funeral and not have it dissected for some ulterior meaning. I think it's a weird statement.
0: I think it's a weird statement, but... I completely get her
1: argument, too, though. I
0: get her argument, and a lot of times with death, people say... Weird-ass shit? Yeah, yeah, weird-ass shit, and also... They're in a better place. Everything happens for a reason, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And they say that sometimes in situations where I'm like, really? really? You think yeah. there's a reason this happened? Yeah. But it's of some comfort to yeah, people. So maybe yeah. that's... Exactly. Yeah. Um.
1: And then the other thing she did was she testified in Ross's defense. She had already Filed for divorce. I don't know that their divorce was finalized at that point yet. Uh I mean, it probably would have been because the trial didn't happen until 2016 and she filed for divorce pretty much right away. But she said that he was nothing but a loving father. Yes, they had marital problems, but that didn't have anything to do with what kind of father he was and that she could not, would not, could never believe that this was something he planned, intended to do. And so on this episode of 2020, they ask her about that, too. They're like, why would you testify in his defense? Mm -hmm. And she said, I never saw it as testifying in his defense. When you get on the stand and you take an oath to tell the truth and nothing but the truth, I couldn't say anything other than that he was an excellent father because he was. Wow. That was the truth. What do you think? I don't know. I think... I think this happens, and a lot of times it's a terrible accident. Yeah. I think there's enough extenuating circumstances in this that I don't believe it could truly be an accident. Yeah. He just put him in the car seat. Like He he drove half a mile from when he put him in the car seat to when he got out of the car and went to work. They were in the car for less than two minutes. How do you forget in less than two minutes – That your two-year-old kid is in the car seat six inches from your face six inches from your face
0: it happens though
1: it happens six inches i'm holding my hands up six inches this is where my head is yes i I get that i can still tell this hand is here and it's a
0: two-year-old that that that's not
1: silent it's not my silent hand Yeah. Is a two-year-old human being.
0: Yeah.
1: But how do you prove? That's what I'm saying. How do you prove it? So, like I said, this trial lasted for three weeks. Something like 51 witnesses testified. Yeah. All of the women that he had sent those text messages to that day. The defense basically tried to break this down into two separate um, things. Yes, he had some sexual problems. Yes, he was unfaithful to his wife. Yes, well, he was, he was a pedophile, right? Yeah, I mean, under the age of consent. Yes, yeah. yes, that's one crime. Leaving his son in the car, an accident. You have to separate the two. That was the defense's.
0: That's a position. good defense. That's the yeah. only thing you can say. I think that's the only thing the you can do.
1: Yeah. This is not a question of were these things that he was doing over here terrible? Yes, yeah. they were. We'll admit that. Absolutely. Yeah. He had a porn addiction. He's a sex addict. He was cheating on his wife. He was he was sexting minors. Yes, 100%. Terrible dude. Yeah. Accidentally left his son in the car. He was a great father. Ugh. What do you think the jury found?
0: Gosh. Um, guilty. Guilty? I mean, I. Of
1: malice murder? You think they proved malice murder?
0: Probably not.
1: What about, like.
0: Manslaughter?
1: Negligent homicide?
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. To me, there's there's not an abundance of evidence here, but I think he does seem guilty to me.
1: He does? Yeah. He seems guilty to me, too. Yeah. And he seemed guilty to the jury. Okay. They found him guilty on all eight counts, including malice murder. Yeah. He was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole, plus 32 years.
0: Wow. Yeah. Okay, I didn't think the case was that
1: good. I didn't either.
0: Holy shit,
1: yeah, the jury really put some weight into his activities that day and did not believe this was any kind of accident. Wow, um, so yeah, he is he has appealed his conviction, obviously, of course. but convicted, sentenced to life in prison plus thirty two years. Holy crap, yeah. And to this day, his ex-wife believes it was an accident. And they asked her on this 2020 episode, like, do you think you tell yourself that because it would make it
0: easier? Of course she does.
1: And she says no, but I think 100% that's yeah, it, right? It would
0: be that would be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I hated that. Mm-hmm. So he has filed
1: an appeal arguing that the, that the testimony about his affairs and the sexting prejudiced the jury So hmm. and was not pertinent to the case. Except that that was what he was doing at the
0: time. I think it is pertinent to the case. I think it's pertinent only because he said stuff about, about wanting yeah. to not be a dad. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Ugh. So, that appeal is still working its way through the legal system. So, good grief. Yep. That, ugh. That's okay. the worst case. It's a bad one. <laughs> sucked. <laughs> All right, are you ready? Take us away. Talk about the dark web. God, that I'm, I'm sorry. That case sucked. I was too far in and, yeah, and- I, that's one of my cases that was like on my original list when we first started this. Because I think there's so many questions. I think, like, yeah, I think he's guilty. You think he's guilty. How did they prove
0: malice murder? I don't know. I don't know either. I think he seems like a total shithead. Oh, 100%. But. A shithead, shitty husband, shitty human being. Probably killed his Probably kid. Probably
1: killed his kid. But how did they prove that? I don't think they proved it. Ugh. I don't know if I was on that jury if I could have convicted him of malice murder.
0: Yeah. I I don't know. Okay,
1: let's never okay. talk about this
0: again. Yeah, That's... please, never again. The, Fuck. There's something about the baby in the car. Yeah, it's terrible. It's, It just... It's too much for me. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, Okay. wait,
1: I have to tell you something.
0: Okay, please tell me it's lighthearted. It is
1: lighthearted. Okay. So, I told my mom when last week's episode came out that she needed to listen to it right away. Yeah. And I told her that I got my revenge on you for the dog murder case. Right. And she said, oh, did you do a child murder? Kristen hates child murder. I do. Well, I'm very sorry. (laughs) I mean, you hate dog murder. <laughs> yeah. I also hate child murder.
0: What do you hate
1: more, Brandy? Oh For, and mm-hmm. I agree that it is fucked up, but somehow the dog murder affects me more. I'm very sorry. What is wrong? I with am you? also affected by the child murder. I think it's terrible. Uh-huh. But there's something about the dog murder that just gets me on a different level. Good God! I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: Let's talk about something else. Please. Okay. First of all, a shout out to Liz, who reached out to us on Twitter with this case. Um, she sent me a link to this amazing article in Wired. And it's the headline is, if you want to kill someone, we are the right guys. Okay. It's by Mara... Dahl. Oh, excellent. You practiced that, did you? H okay. V I S T E N D A H L. Okay. Hvistendahl. Just like you said. Just like I said, with all the confidence, it is an amazing article. This whole thing essentially comes from I am just retelling you. Okay. This amazing article.
1: It was March of I'm going to sit here in silence like this the entire time you talk.
0: Is that what I did yes! the whole time? I just. Well, you have to explain what you mean by like this. It's like she's like her like shoulders were up
1: next to I her giant earlobes, <laughs> and and then she had just this like uncomfortable scowl on her face. I hated it. Ugh. I
0: absolutely. Yeah, it's a terrible case. case. Yeah. I'm sorry. Maybe I hate you for doing. No, no. That. It was March of 2016. Stephen Allwine walked into a Wendy's in Minneapolis. Mm,
1: Why do all of your cases involve fast food restaurants?
0: Um, That was one of the reasons that Liz sent it to (laughs) us. She was like, it has everything. It has, and then she mentioned a few things, and one of them was Wendy's. Wonderful. He walked in with $6,000 cash in his pocket. I ought to
1: get him about six things on the Wendy's (laughs) video.
0: Pretty quickly, he found the guy he was looking for. They'd met up on local Bitcoins, which I have to just pre- start this with. I know nothing about Bitcoin. Yeah, I don't either. But anyway, it's a website where people can buy cryptocurrency locally. Okay. The article described it as like Craigslist for cryptocurrency. cryptocurrency. Okay. So Stephen pulled up his Bitcoin wallet app on his phone handed the guy six grand, and the guy transferred him the appropriate amount of Bitcoin. Great stuff. Stephen walked out of the Wendy's, only to realize that, oopsies, he'd locked his keys in his car. Mm. How annoying. Mm -hmm -hmm. He was supposed to meet his friend with benefits, Michelle Woodard, for lunch. But no worries. A locksmith came, let Stephen into the car... And pretty soon, he and Michelle were enjoying a meal at Blue Door Pub. Hmm. Overall, it was a pretty good 43rd birthday. That night, he went home and logged into his email account. His email address was dogdaygod at hamamail, H-M-A-mail dot com? I don't know. Yeah. He sent an email to someone who he knew as Yura. He wrote, I have the bitcoins now. But who exactly was Yura? Well, Yura ran a site called Besa Mafia. It was part of the dark web. You could only get to it through an anonymous browser. The Besa Mafia claimed to be connected to the Albanian mob. And their website was very straightforward. It was a dude with a gun, and the text read, If you want to kill someone, or to beat the shit out of him, we are the right guys. Oh my gosh. In other words, the Besa Mafia were freelance hitmen. And don't you worry, they were very honorable, Brandy. Once you paid them, they held that money in an escrow service. And then they only got paid after your hit went through. Hmm. It reminds me of those like terrible attorney commercials. Yeah. We don't get paid until you collect money. That's right.
1: (laughs) Still. If you don't win, you don't pay.
0: (laughs) Steven was concerned. What if he sent them all that money and they just kept it? He wrote, they say BESA means trust, so please do not break that. For reasons that are too personal and would give away my identity. My identity. That was a weird pronunciation. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. I liked it. I think I'm going to start saying it like that. Identity? Yeah. For reasons that are too personal and would give away my identity, I need this bitch dead. <sighs> Who's this bitch? It was his wife. Okay. Oh, he has a wife and a friends with benefits? Yeah, afraid so. Oh, a couple of
1: winners on this uh-huh.
0: episode. Yeah.
1: This is the cheating
0: episode. Yeah. We've had a few cheating episodes now. <laughs> Stephen met his wife, Amy, when they were in college at Ambassador University in Big Sandy, Texas. They were both I've members. Never heard of any of those places. Neither have I. <laughs> They were both members of the Worldwide Church of God, mm. uh, which is a very conservative church. They don't, do, they don't do holidays with any sort of pagan influence, so Christmas, giant no. Uh, they observe a very strict Saturday Sabbath, and they don't do the hanky-panky before marriage. But mm. apparently friends with benefits while you're married is just totally a, fine. perfectly fine. Okay, yeah, great. The rule is one of you has to be married. <laughs> Around 1995, when Stephen and Amy were still in college, the United Church of God split off from the Worldwide Church of God. So Stephen and Amy gravitated toward this new Mm. splinter branch. And the United Church of God believed in the Internet as a way of spreading their religion. So Stephen was super into computers, so he was all about it. After college life moved pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. They got married and moved to Minnesota, where Amy was from. Mm -hmm. And Amy started a dog training business called Active Dog Sports Training. They adopted a son. Stephen became an elder in the United Church of God, and Amy became a deaconess. Life was great. Mm -hmm. Amy traveled all over the place for dog competitions. What kind of dogs?
1: I don't know. All kinds (gasps) of dogs. No, they're like specialized in one dog. You don't know what kind of dog? I have no idea.
0: Couldn't care less. <laughs> <laughs> all right, fair enough. I mean, she did like dog training. She did, you know. Okay. They were all beagles. Brandy. Thank you. <laughs> they were all beagles. She specialized in beagles. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you no making that up for me. No beagles will be harmed in this episode. <laughs> Bulldogs, though. <gasps> you stop right now. <laughs> Stephen pursued his love of IT. In fact, they had their own website called Allwine.net. It was filled with instructional dance videos and song suggestions. I thought it was about wine. No, Allwine is their last name. Oh! Sorry, I should have <laughs> <I> should have clarified. <laughs>
1: I, Can you imagine? Really confused.
0: Can you imagine all the disappointed? were are like, all and then they pull up these terrible <laughs> dance, videos. dance videos. So you know, the whole idea was like, so they could show people how they could have a good time without too much touching. Oh, so like, I didn't write this down, but like, in one of the videos, it seems like they were both dressed like shit, and they were doing a dance to "We Go Together." <laughs> <laughs> The angel, Olivia Newton-John, was yeah. singing to them. Uh-huh. <laughs> to outsiders, their relationship seemed great. But it for sure wasn't. Brandy, quit dancing. Mm-hmm. You're getting too sexual over mm-hmm. there. change,
1: change, change, We'll always be as yes, one. Wow,
0: wow, wow, Oh, God, it's so hard to stop myself, but I know we should <laughs> When we go out at night, okay. The
1: stars are shining bright (laughs) up in the sky above. (laughs) Okay, we really have to stop. (laughs) (laughs) The
0: the high school dance. dance. (laughs) Oh my god! You know what? I keep thinking it's okay because she doesn't know the rest (laughs) of the words, but then you do know the rest (laughs) of the words. God, maybe we should create our own website. People need tips from us. I don't think they do. (laughs) Okay, so the relationship seemed great, but it wasn't. Mm -hmm. Because the day after Stephen got his Bitcoin at Wendy's, he uploaded a picture of Amy to their website. It was one he'd taken on a family vacation to Hawaii. After he did that, he emailed Yura with a link to the website. He wrote, She's about 5'6". She looks about 200 pounds. Then he gave Yura tips on how to kill her. No, of course he did. He said the hitman could do it during Amy's upcoming business trip to Illinois. He even offered to pay more money if they could make it look like an accident. You know, maybe they could, I don't know, ram into her Toyota Sienna ma- minivan. Mhm. Yura was like, "Sure." Great idea. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thanks for the tips. (laughs) The guy will be waiting for her at the airport. He'll tail her in a stolen car, and he'll kill her in a car accident. But if for some reason that doesn't work, he'll just shoot her. Okay. Also, buddy, buddy, let me help you out now. Make sure you establish a good alibi. Surround yourself with people this weekend. Buy things. Get yourself caught on some video surveillance. Just to be safe. Cover all your bases. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was pretty good advice because Stephen worked from home doing IT work in their basement and he spent a lot of time alone. Yeah. Uh, visiting sites like naughtydates.com oh, gosh. and lonelymilfs.com. No. Those poor MILFs. Oh, they're just lonely, They're Brandy. so lonely. <laughs> Occasionally, he sought the company of an escort. And he'd met his what? Put our two guys in a venn diagram here. I know they're very (laughs) similar. Crossover. (laughs) He'd met his friend with benefits on Ashley Madison, which, by the way, the only reason he knew about Ashley Madison was because you know he was so involved at church he would do couples counseling for other couples, and so that's how he found out about it. Yeah, yeah. mm -hmm. So he's like, I don't know, taking notes. What did you say that website was again? <laughs> I'm gonna try and get it taken down.
1: Yes.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna report this to Google. <laughs> it was a weekend in late March when Stephen expected Amy to die. He'd done everything perfectly. He knew just about everything there was to know about computers. He'd covered his tracks. He even covered his tracks with the hitmen. So he didn't tell these guys, oh, hey, I want you to kill my wife. No. He created this elaborate backstory. He told them that he was a woman. And like Amy, he was also a dog trainer. So he's setting up this thing where, like, he is a woman with a competing business. Yeah, he's a rival dog trainer. But also that Amy had slept with his husband. Oh, okay. Rival dog trainer whose husband is banging her. Right. Got it. Very, very yes. upsetting for this imaginary mm-hmm. woman. Yes. So Stephen's at home, waiting for his wife to die, but it's not happening. The weekend just keeps rolling along, so he reached out to Yura, and he's like, uh, hello? Uh, What's the good word, buddy? Yeah, and Yura was like, uh, terribly sorry. Here's the deal. It's really hard to make it look like an accident and make sure she dies. Mm -hmm. We're just trying to do the best job possible. Mm -hmm. Thank you for your patience. Thank you. Your business is very (laughs) important to us. You'll get 20% off your next hit. We know you have many choices (laughs) when
1: shopping for a hitman. Thank you for choosing us.
0: (laughs) But hey, by the way, we sensed that you wanted this done while she was traveling, but if she's a family member or your wife... We can do it in your city. You could just leave town on the day we're going to do it. If you want, you could throw in a few extra Bitcoin and we could kill her plus burn your house down. What? (laughs) Destroy the evidence. Okay. Steven was like, whoa. uh, I like my house, thank you very (laughs) much. I just don't like my wife. No, he was like... She's not my wife. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. She's a fake rival dog trainer. Remember, I'm a woman, and I train dogs. Oh my gosh! And okay, I forgot. She
1: had banging her husband.
0: But he was like, "Hey, good ideas. I like this at home hit idea." So Stephen got even more Bitcoin and sent it off to Yura. Days passed, then weeks passed.
1: Peanut made me yawn. Sorry. No. <laughs>
0: Steven was antsy. This was not as easy as he thought it would be. He emailed Yura to express his disappointment. Sometimes he'd give Yura tips. Uh, um, I think Amy's husband has a tractor, so there's probably extra gasoline in the garage. Ah! Also, remember uh, to just kill her, not the dad or the kid me yeah and my kid yeah Uh-huh. oh my gosh Yura responded every time and like a waiter at a TGI Fridays he upsold the shit out of this hit <laughs> he was like always offering some <laughs> add <adult> on <laughs> services he was like I can't remember what exactly he said but it was something like hey you know we're a bunch of ex-military guys if you want someone really experienced maybe you could throw in a little more money blah 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 by this point, Stephen had spent a little more than twelve grand mm-hmm. trying to kill his wife. That's not very much. Well, and there was a $700,000 insurance policy on her. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't care. Mm-hmm. At some point in all this, Stephen logged on to Dream Market, which is an area of the dark web known for selling drugs. While he was there... He continued to use the username Dog Day God. So now it's no it's April of twenty sixteen. It's about two months since Stephen ordered that first hit on Amy, and Besa Mafia got hacked. Oh. All of Eura's messages with all these shitty people trying to pay to have people killed got dumped. Soon the FBI got involved. Mm-hmm. Local field offices all over the United States suddenly had the job of looking into all these contracted hits. Asher Silky worked in the Minneapolis office. So this weird case of someone going by Dog Day God wanting Amy Allwine murdered fell into his lap. So Asher and a local police officer asked Amy to come to the station. They led her into a private room and told her everything. Someone wanted her dead. Someone said that Amy had slept with her husband. Oh, my gosh. And Amy was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no. no. Absolutely not. She had no idea who would want her dead. She had no enemies. That's just not who she was. Yeah, I know. I know. Amy was freaked out. She got home and told Stephen all about it. Pretty soon, they set up motion-activated cameras <gasps> around the outside. She
1: outs- went on and told Steven about
0: it? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she's she's freaking out. Yeah. So he's like, don't worry, honey. I'll help. So they no. get these cameras around the outside oh, of their home. no. They bought a gun. They went to the shooting range. Yeah. Yeah, he was really supportive and helpful. Oh, no. For a while, things were okay-ish. But by late July, that changed. Amy got two anonymous threats Mm. via email.
1: Via email? How do you get an anonymous threat via email? He has an email address attached to it, but you can't really... This -hmm. guy knew his stuff. Okay, that's true. He's coming from the dark web. Yeah. I couldn't even tell you how to get to the dark web, Kristen. I would have to Google dark web. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, can you ask Jeeves can you take me to the dark web <laughs> I go to Bing and look Bing. for dark web
0: <laughs> do you think ask Jeeves is still an active website pull it up let's see for the kids out there ask oh no they've got ask.com oh no oh poor ask Jeeves oh ask Jeeves is gone Okay, explain Ask Jeeves Ask, ask the Jeeves kids. was like
1: our original search engine, like yeah. when we were coming up. Ask Jeeves it was like, it was like butler. a butler. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was your internet butler.
0: <laughs> he wasn't great, but he was all we had. That's right. Oh, sad.
1: I guess it became ask.com. Hmm. Yep. They
0: shouldn't have fired Jeeves. Jeeves was the best. Hang on. You gotta do this to your hair. Why is it bothering you? It, it looks like a comb over that's come <laughs> kind of out of place. Is that better? That's that's perfect, yeah. You had like a gap. Oh. You know I mean? <laughs> Do we want to talk about how amazing your highlights look? Um, Yeah, I went to a new place. Shut up! <laughs> I just needed to change, Brandon. No, hope but you don't for mind. real,
1: let's talk about Norman for a second. Oh, my God. You told Norman that you were going to go get your hair done and you yeah. guys had a scheduling conflict. And he was like, well, where's your appointment? Like uh, uh where do hello? you think Where do you think she goes Norman? To me. Always. It's true. <sighs> Looks
0: amazing. <laughs> Thank you. It really does.
1: I really love it. I'm I a felt, little blonder. Looks yeah. great.
0: I felt awkward in the salon when like they give a compliment because it's like I feel like it's a compliment to you. You grew that hair. I didn't grow it. Um I didn't grow it this color. No! <laughs> You've seen what pops Uh. out naturally. (laughs) Okay. Ask Jeeves
1: does not exist. Your highlights look great. Back to the hitman.
0: Okay. So she gets these two anonymous threats via email and she called Asher, the FBI guy, and he immediately came out to the house and Asher, Amy and Steven all sat around looking at these emails. Here's part of one of them. Okay. Amy, I still blame you for my life falling apart. I see that you've put up a security system now, and I've been informed by people on the internet that the police were snooping around my earlier emails. I've been assured that the emails are untraceable, and they will not find me, but I cannot attack you directly with them watching. Here's what's going to happen. Since I cannot get to you, I will come after everything else that you love. Holy shit. Then the email mentioned the color of shirt her son wore two days earlier. Okay, It mentioned that they'd moved their RV to a new parking spot. It listed addresses where Amy's family lived. Then it said, here's how you can save your family. Commit suicide. (gasps) Oh Yep. Holy shit. Yeah. A week later, she got another email. This one said, are you so selfish that you'll put your family's lives at risk? Oh my gosh. So I'm I'm not getting into all of this but like That's
1: it listed disgusting. it listed Ugh.
0: ways for her to kill herself. <sighs> it was like, I can't believe you managed to sleep with my husband, you fat bitch, like all oh. this terrible terrible stuff. Oh my, my stuff. gosh. So Amy wanted to do whatever she could to help authorities, so she gave the FBI her computer. Stephen handed over his phone and laptop. Amy also gave them a list of all the people she'd worked with. Asher interviewed some people. He pulled credit reports on some people. He poured over the stuff. The FBI poured over the stuff that Amy and Stephen had handed over. But for whatever reason, they didn't appear to look that closely into Stephen. Wow. Which boggles my yeah, mind that's the first person the you spouse, would go to the yes the husband always did it the husband did it and like i'm sorry this person seems to know a hell of a lot yeah, they're getting inside information from the fucking husband it's coming from inside yes. the house duh anyway life continued on okay oh that's frustrating amy did what she could to ease her anxiety but she was so afraid Her migraines became more frequent. November came. Amy's dad showed up to do some work on their house. Stephen told him that Amy was in bed resting. So Amy's dad finished up the job, headed home. But about five minutes into his drive home, Stephen called. He said he was going to take Amy to the local clinic because she really wasn't feeling Mm -hmm. great. So the dad picked up the grandson and Stephen you know, it's, there's some, well, there's no debate. Anyway, <laughs> what you need to know is later that evening, yeah. Stephen went to pick up his son from his in-law's house. He took the boy to Culver's, which I think they have terrible food there, but anyway. I honestly
1: think I've eaten there once ever.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Everyone has eaten there once, once ever. ever. No, somebody's got to like it. There's lots of them. They're still open. They've got custard. I know they've got custard. Is it good? See, I I don't know because I went one time and it just wasn't. You went once and you're making this judgment about it? Um, You know, I don't have to eat a whole tray of something to know whether I like it or not. (laughs) Uh.
1: Did you have the cheese curds? I hear their cheese curds are delicious.
0: I don't think I had the
1: cheese curds. Hmm, Maybe that's the problem. Maybe the ordering was the problem. Oh, it was user error. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I don't know why I'm defending Culver's. I've only eaten there one time ever and haven't felt the need to go back. Do you so. have stock in the company? I What's don't. going on? <laughs> I don't.
0: So. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. So they went to Bully Culver's.
1: Baby.
0: Huh? Sorry. <laughs> so they went to Culver's, which was their usual routine yeah. on Sunday nights. Because Amy was always teaching dog training classes on Sunday nights to exclusively exclusively to beagles. beagles. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Who were not harmed
0: at all in this episode. No, they weren't. Don't worry. Only a child died in this episode. (laughs) You creep. (laughs) When they got home that night, Stephen let his son go into the house ahead of him. (gasps) And that's when they found Amy dead. What? The gun that Stephen and Amy had bought for protection was at her side. (gasps) Stephen immediately called 911 and he said, I think my wife shot herself. Okay, on a very strange note, the article does not mention this, but I watched like a Dateline episode about this last night just mm-hmm. to see if there was anything I missed. Um, the sun, so the sun is there in the background and I think the sun is like nine mm-hmm. or maybe ten. Ten. And, you know, the son is obviously crying and upset. And at one point on the phone call, the son says to the dad, are you going to remarry? What? I know, right? That's very odd. So I read about that in an article Mm -hmm. first. And then I watched the Dateline episode, which played some of the audio. It's, I mean, it's weird both ways. In the, in the audio, it felt more like, oh, kids can say weird things sometimes, yeah. and that's kind of how it came across. But when I just read it, I thought, holy shit, did this guy say some things to his right. kid over the months to get him to wrap Prepared his head for around? Yeah. That is odd. It, it was super weird. It was super weird. Okay. At any rate, local police rushed to the scene. One of the first people there pulled up the file about how Amy had been the victim of really scary online threats. She was stunned, and immediately called Detective Sergeant Randy McAllister. Randy arrived on the scene as quickly as he could, and he entered the home. Is, is she dead? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. He entered the home and was immediately struck by the scent of roasting pumpkin. That's weird. Why? Well, I don't know. It just seems odd. Uh-huh. That's what he thought, too. Because yeah. when people kill themselves, they usually don't, like... Roast a pumpkin first? Right. They don't have something going in the crock pot... No. ...for later. No. So, that was strange. But there were other things that seemed weird, too. Blood was smeared on both sides of their bedroom door. What? And the house was covered in dog hair, obviously... But the hallway floor near Amy's body was very clean. Somebody had cleaned up. Someone had dragged her body and cleaned oh. up. Oh! Also, he would later learn that Amy was right-handed, but the gun was on her left side.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Meanwhile, Stephen and his son were taken into the police station. Officers said, "I don't that, think these are the guys you want to hire for a hit. It seems like they didn't get any of the
1: details right. <laughs> it doesn't seem like that. Does <laughs> <it>? <laughs> if you're in the market, keep on shopping, folks." <laughs> Officers said that Stephen seems you're on Greyjoy's not your guy. Ooh, timely Game of Thrones reference. Mm. I don't know this guy's last name, but I remember you saying his
0: first name was Euron. <laughs> That's all I could think of. No, I haven't said his last name. Oh, okay. Is it great, Joy? <laughs> yeah, it is. Let's make some stuff up. <laughs> so officers said that Stephen seemed a little cold, mm-hmm. considering his wife had just died. But, you know, there's no right way to grieve. Right. For the next few days, investigators studied the house. They used luminol to determine that blood had been cleaned up in that hallway. Uh They went downstairs to Stephen's office. And they quickly realized that the one computer he'd handed over to the FBI hadn't been enough. Uh Uh-huh. In total, they found 66 devices. Holy shit! Yeah. Yeah. I mean,
1: as an IT guy...
0: That's still a lot. That's a lot.
1: That's a lot.
0: <laughs> the police had a lot of work ahead of them. Steven was definitely a suspect, but they didn't have... Finally! Any... Yeah. It really seems like the local police were way more sophisticated than the FBI. Wow. I mean, but I I just don't think there's any excuse for that. Mm-mm. Stephen was definitely a suspect, but they didn't have anything on him. They knew that someone had tried to take out a hit on Amy a few months earlier. Maybe that person, whoever they were, had been successful. Hmm. I've been debating when to say this. Say it now. I'm okay. ready. I can handle it. So when
1: all the beagles died. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so he was when... surrounded by dead beagles. <laughs> so when they. So when they looked into this Euro person and uh-huh. all these hits, uh-huh. they determined pretty much that like this was just a scam. Yeah, nobody got killed. Obviously, so it was just um, a dark web scam. A dark web scam. Oh, Stephen. Yeah, one officer found some somewhat suspicious stuff on Stephen's phone. He found the apps, Orfox and Orbut. Or but? Or but? Orbot, Orbot, O R B O T, Orbit, Orbot, <laughs> which are used to access an anonymous web browser. Again, these are things I don't know. I don't. For the this is dark web bullshit. I yeah. don't know how to do yeah. it. No, thank you. He also found confirmation codes from the app Local Bitcoins. Apparently, the FBI had either like missed that or not understood mm-hmm. how that could be important. Yeah. Anyway. The officer looked through Amy's phone and realized that on the day she died, she seemed to get more and more confused. At one forty-eight, she read the Wikipedia page for Vertigo. A few minutes later, she typed, like, nonsense into Bing. So he was poisoning her, too. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the theory. hmm So she typed, D-U-Y and then later EYE, and then DIY VWHH. You know, like she just, you know, she was kind of losing control. Meanwhile, police were leaning on Stephen pretty hard. He admitted that he'd had an affair with his friend with benefits, Michelle Woodard. So police talked to Michelle. Mm -hmm. And she told them everything she knew. She mentioned that the day the two of them went for lunch on Stephen's birthday, he'd been delayed. And he told her that it was because he'd locked his keys in his car while he was buying Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. So she's telling them this. I'm sure yeah. not, not realizing really that she's what like, she's like giving yeah. them their case. Yeah. And police were like, uh, what? What's that new? Pretty soon things got a whole lot more clear. They learned about the six grand that he'd exchanged for Bitcoin. They also learned that although Stephen had done a good job covering up like his really bad internet activity. hmm. He didn't do a good job covering up his mildly shitty internet activity. Uh-huh. For example, just a few minutes before he suggested that the hitman go murder Amy during her trip to Moline, Illinois, he googled Moline, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Didn't bother to figure out how to say it's it. Probably Moline. 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 <laughs> Later, just a little while before Amy got that terrifying email that included all the addresses for her family, he visited, he visited radaris.com to get all of their addresses. Mm. So yeah, like he didn't cover that shit up, but no. uh, hmm. it was all pretty damning, Yeah, but it was also circumstantial. Very circumstantial. They needed something more. Then one night, one of the officers was laying in bed. He'd just been reading through the FBI's file on Amy, and on a whim, he Googled "Dog Day God," and sure enough, <gasps> something came up. Up popped some old posts on Dream Market. Oh my gosh! In one post, Dog Day God asked if anyone sold—I don't know—drug names, uh, scopolamine. Scopolamine? Sure. Okay, I've never heard of it. What's it for? Um, so what it's for and what it can be used for are two different things. It's used sometimes as like a date rape drug because it knocks you out. It's a transdermal it's a- patch. It's a patch. It's not a drug. It's not like a pill.
1: Scopolamine transdermal patch is the first thing that came up. Hmm. Treat motion
0: sickness. Yeah. Hmm.
1: Oh, when used, you- it's also available in injectable form. Mm-hmm.
0: One person replied to the post and said, There is a cellar, but avoid that shit, mate. It's dangerous as fuck and you will kill someone.
1: Common side effects include sleepiness,
0: blurred vision, dilated pupils. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it all depends on how much you take. Yeah, of course. So the medical examiner tested Amy's body for the drug and it came back positive. Mm -hmm. The stuff I saw at one place said... She had like 20 times the amount, Mm -hmm. which I don't know, is there like a safe amount to have? One place said 200 times the amount, you know, like, but either way, it was in there. But the best piece of evidence is a little more boring. And it was on Stephen's MacBook Pro. Investigators found a note containing a Bitcoin wallet address on Stephen's phone from March of 2016. And they found that Dog Day God wrote Yura with that same 34-digit code when he was trying to confirm that the money had gone to the right place. Oh, dang. His name is Yura, yeah. not Euron. Yeah. I didn't mm. want to I didn't want to ruin it for you, so I just Thank went you. with it. I mean, it's a Appreciate made-up name it. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so after he sent that message to Yura, Stephen deleted the note on his phone. But here's the thing. Deleted files don't truly disappear until they've been overwritten. Yeah. And Stephen ended up accidentally preserving that note when he backed up his phone to iTunes. Oh, Lord. So he, like, saved the evidence for them. This was exactly what they needed. They had all this evidence plus a clear link between Stephen and Dog Day God. Yeah. Stephen's trial lasted just over a week. The prosecution brought out a ton of witnesses to establish that Stephen wasn't like the goody-goody church guy right. that he claimed to be. They called his escort to the stand. They called Michelle to the stand. They called a pawn shop owner to the stand who confirmed that Stephen had sold him some silver. Detectives were also called to the stand. At one point, when the prosecution wanted to talk about Stephen going on NaughtyDates.com and milfs.com. <laughs> One of the officers Lonely MILF just gets me, man. <laughs> well this is okay so this is like my favorite part. One of these officers had to define MILF
1: oh, no! for the jury.
0: <laughs> Sir, can you please uh, define MILF? I don't want to. Do no. You remember? no. <laughs> Do you remember that um was it a Peyton Manning sketch on SNL where he's in the courtroom and he has to like Oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's all I remember. Yeah. Anyway <laughs> But yeah. So, what can you define "milk" for our listeners, Kristen? Mom, I'd like to fuck. (laughs) I'm not in front of a. I'm not in front of a judge. I'm not embarrassed. (laughs) But apparently, everyone at the police station still makes fun of this guy because he had to to do that. that. (laughs) The prosecution put forth a theory to the jury. They said that Stephen had tried to poison Amy with scopolamine. That sounds scopolamine.
1: I don't think
0: that's it. When I say scopolamine, it sounds delicious, doesn't it? It sounds like a seafood pasta dish. Yeah.
1: Scopolia is the root, so
0: scopolamine. Okay. I think you're right. So they said that he'd used that to try to poison her, and that the drug had clearly had an effect on her, but it didn't kill her. So Stephen got their gun, and he shot her in the hallway of their home. Oh, my gosh. Then he moved her body to stage it like a suicide. And he left home to get gas, pick up his son, and go to Culver's, and naturally, he kept all the receipts, Mm -hmm. you know, just so conveniently. Mm -hmm. The jury went into deliberation, and they found him... Guilty. Yeah, for sure. Super guilty. At his sentencing, Stephen defended himself. He said that the expert testimony at his trial about the Bitcoin wallets and all that stuff had been all wrong... And that really, he was a good man. He was a man of God. In fact, in the time he'd been in prison, he'd converted at least three non-believers.
1: Okay. Well, the,
0: I guess it evens out then, bud, huh? Yeah, really. Uh, <laughs> he was like, yeah, I'm going to be taking my Bible with me. Like, Okay, good. Good. Great. great. Thank you. Great. You're going to continue playing God. Great. Ugh. The judge was like, nice try. He said... My perceptions aren't going to alter the sentence in this case, but my perception is that you're an incredible actor, that you can turn tears on and off, that you are a hypocrite, and that you are cold. Ooh. The judge sentenced him to life without parole. Wow. And that's the story That was of nuts. the dark web. That was nuts. Um, Who sent us that? That was Liz, I believe. Thank you, Liz. Um, yeah. Yeah. She Amy just seemed like a nice... I know. I mean, normal person who happened to be married to a total... I don't even know the word for it. Yeah. I mean, just a horrible, horrible man.
1: Well, there weren't any dead children in yours, so that was way better.
0: Yeah, I don't know about way better, but... You know, it is interesting how much crossover there was I know. between our two. I know. Ugh. Yeah.
1: Culprits.
0: Yep. What do you got for show notes this week, ma'am? You know, I really don't have much of anything for show notes, but Absolutely. I do want to say you. one thing. We so our episode from last week by now has been out yeah. for a few hours, and we've got a lot of nice comments yes, about Brandy's laugh. Yeah,
1: we've gotten a lot of love. That um, I assure you, that was not my intention
0: it when totally I was. It was not. She was like, "How am I going to get compliments?
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> not my intention at all." But thank you. I really appreciate all the love that everybody sent my way about my laugh. Um, that that's uh, yeah. It's just that is what it is. <laughs>
0: Don't they have those collars for dogs when dogs bark? Oh, you want me to get a laugh (laughs) collar they They'll just, like, shock me every time I go to laugh? No, I love your laugh, too.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it. I mean, you have to hear it a fucking lot,
0: so... Well, clearly, I volunteered for it. I mean, we've been (laughs) friends for how long now?
1: (laughs) How long have we been friends? Okay, since we were 11...
0: Yeah, how old are you in fifth grade? 11. 11? Right? Yeah. 10 or 11? Yeah. I'd say 10. 10? You start yeah, out the right, year 10, 10. And I mean, we we hit it off. 22 years.
1: Holy oh, shit. 22 years, Kristen. That, that is has, weird. Isn't that weird? It is weird. Two-thirds of our life. That's crazy. Aw. Oh. Thanks for being my friend. Thank you. Huh. Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: <laughs> Like, really legit, guys. Like, we hang out in real life. Like, we, this is not just for the podcast. Somebody said something, like, would you guys... Somebody said something on our Facebook about, like... All of these episodes in, would you guys consider yourself real friends? Like we're real friends. We were real friends before the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> would you consider yourself
0: Did someone really? Yeah, ask yeah. Oh, or, that's someone who hasn't been listening long. Yeah, Cause, yeah. So yeah. we we've, we've been friends since fifth grade. Yeah. So um, this wasn't like it's not
1: like some boy band that was like put together. We were not put together by Simon Cowell. <laughs> <laughs> um. Do you remember when we met? Hmm. I mean, we technically met in fourth grade, right? but, right. but we didn't, become, um, we didn't like, become good friends until fifth grade. Right. Well, we were in the same class, uh-huh. Mrs. Jarvis's class. No, Mrs. Francis. Francis. She was Mrs. Jarvis before she was Mrs. Francis. Oh, okay.
0: Okay. Well, that's like some old school knowledge. Yeah.
1: Miss Francis was her married name.
0: Norman today asked us, when was the, what was the first fight we ever I had? I know. And I do not know. I don't remember either. He asked me last night, and I couldn't. Like I know we've had. Him. Oh yeah, for um, sure. Well, especially like you think of like all the slumber parties we had. You oh know, you yeah, know, the slumber parties—they always start out great. They're great, they're great, and they're and then like by the morning time, everyone's kind of like, "All right, damn right, to go." Daylight like, coming, we <laughs> want to go, go home. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many,
1: how many slumber parties we had in the. Oh,
0: whew, So many. So many. But yeah, um we are real friends. We are. We are we, real
1: friends and we have really been friends since we were 10 years old. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Holy crap, we're getting old. I know. Man. Do you ever have moments when you realize that you're old? Uh yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I work with 20 year olds. Oh so. my god. <laughs> um okay, All well. All the time. Yeah, yeah. all of the girls who, like, work for, like, uh, at the salon, like, work on the tanning side, they're all 20 years old. So, yes, I feel old all the time.
0: See, I, yeah, I don't feel old until I'm around someone who's young. And then I'm like... oh Oh, right yeah they say shit all the time that i'm like
1: what the fuck does that mean yeah they have dewy skin that you're like oh damn
0: it i remember when my skin looked like that used to be cute too (laughs) you're still
1: cute thanks appreciate it for an old
0: woman thank Thank you an old woman um Mm.
1: what (laughs) what nope not gonna say it say it no say it and then we'll cut it I was going to say, I definitely feel like a little bit older now that I'm dating someone younger than me.
0: (laughs) Um, You want to talk about it? Yeah, I do want to talk about it. Talk about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Brandy, for how long now, has made fun of me and (laughs) called me a cougar? Oh, I knew, I mean, I should have known that would come back to bite me. You
1: had no way of knowing. There that was, it was no way that I would know that my life would take this path. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this just
0: shows. Watch your back. <laughs> no, but um, as you all know, well, you may not know. As a lot of people know, I am like a year older than Norman. A year and a half. Oh, wow. Okay. I said like a year. <laughs> I'm a year and a half older than Norman. Brandy called me Cougar for years. Uh huh. And now, um, huh. How much older are you than David? 3 years. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's if I'm not mistaken, double my age gap. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. It's still in the acceptable age gap though, isn't it? Or should I should I apply for age gap love? I just like to really think for a while about the fact that you're in your 30s and he is in his I 20s. Know! <laughs> He
1: turns thirty this year, mm-hmm. so will that be better? <laughs> <laughs> I just like. For the record, it doesn't bother him at all, and
0: I don't think it bothers me. Well, and it it won't bother him until he has to put you in the nursing home. <laughs> you shut, <up. laughs> you asshole. <laughs> And, like, you'll just have to do a few things, like, you know, get the rascal scooter (laughs) so that he doesn't have to push you places, you know, so you're not a burden on him. So, um, he didn't grow up, like, he grew up
1: in the Kansas City area, but he Mm -hmm. grew up on the Missouri side, and I grew up on the Kansas side. And so, like, I took him on a little tour of my, like... Bubble. Yeah, bubble the (laughs) other night, and we went past our old high school. Uh Uh-huh. And so... An addition to the high school since we went there, there's a giant orange, like lit up sign on the outside of it that says Cougar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, that's right. Our our high school mascot was a cougar, and so we drove by it, and I was like, "That's where I went to high school." And he goes, Ugh, "So you've always been a cougar." <laughs> So thanks for that, David. (laughs) Do they really have a huge sign? Yeah, there's a giant sign on the building that says cougars now. Big orange sign. I don't actually know that it was lit up, but you could sure see it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's hard to miss a giant sign that says cougars.
1: Yes. (laughs) I'm glad you could finally get that off your chest. Kristen, do you feel better? It has brought me so much joy.
0: (laughs) Because it was one of those things that you kind of admitted slowly. You trickle-truthed it. You were like, well, um... So the interesting thing is uh, <laughs> he is younger. <laughs> um
1: would you like an update on our goal? Yes, I would. We are currently at this moment, hold on, let me let me get a last update in here. We are at 241. <gasps> That's great. We are getting close. Yes. Yeah. Remember, that goal that I set, Kristen had nothing to do with, is uh-huh. two fifty. So uh-huh. please, if you like the podcast, head on over to iTunes, leave us a rating, leave us a review. While you're at it, find us on social media. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. We're on Reddit. Find us all those places. Join us. We have a good
0: time on them. And then also uh, join us next week when we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast, podcast adjourned. adjourned. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from the article, If You Want to Kill Someone, We Are the Right Guys, by Mara Harv... By Mara... Hi, By Mara... (laughs) Vitzendahl. By Mara H (laughs) By Mara H For Wired An episode of Dateline And an article from Fox9.com And I got my info
1: Oh shit (laughs) (laughs) I can't even say info And I got my info from an episode of 2020 As well as articles for CNN And the Atlanta Journal-Constitution
0: For a full list of our sources Visit lgtcpodcast.com Any errors are of course ours But please don't take our word for it Go read their stuff